Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abel, on our Oakland Heart Jeweler Talk and Text Line. We're going to go to Mobile, Alabama. Jeff Nowak. Uh, with us here at WWL Odyssey Sports. And Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Jeff, before we get into it, I'm going to throw it right off the bat, your thoughts <laughs> on uh, the uh, Sean Payton trade. And to be honest, you and I have kind of spoke about it. I think this is about what you were going to get out of this deal. Yeah, did anything happen today? That's weird. Yeah, I had all these great laid plans, and then all of a sudden everything everything went to hell. But, like a poof. <laughs> um, yeah, so one, the thing that really makes me about this is not necessarily how much they got, not that it was the Broncos, it's how quickly it came together from, you know, maybe kind of in like first gear, second gear, all of a sudden you're, you're screaming 80 miles down the highway. We know exactly what the, the compensation is. And to me, I think this was the Broncos kind of tilting in that they had missed on so many targets. And all of a sudden it was like, well, what are we going to do? And then the Saints were like, okay, hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. Because – you know, you see they wanted Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh, you right. put them all in the lie detector machine. I think Jim was their number one guy. And then he wanted yeah, to that, stay in Michigan. Yeah, and I think the, the Broncos found themselves in a situation where they struck out so many times. They're like, okay, we don't have a choice. We have to go for this. And the Saints were like, okay, let's do it. Because the question you would ask is, why didn't the Saints kind of leverage their position here and say, okay, we'll wait out the Cardinals. Maybe we can squeeze a little more out of Denver. But I think this, you've watched the Broncos kind of, you know, vacillate over and over again over what they're going to do. It's like, okay, we just want to take advantage of this while it's on the table before they get cold feet again. And I think that's what you saw. And for the Saints, there was a point last week that I was convinced Sean was going to go back to television. Um, it was around the time that the Broncos were kind of targeting D'Amico Ryan's, and it seemed like that might have been a target for them. And then all of a sudden we're here today. And if you're the Saints, this is – like found money, in my opinion. I think you had to be operating under the assumption that you might not get anything, and now all of a sudden you have the number 29 pick. Obviously, it's technically 30, but it's 29 because of Miami, and the irony is the reason it's 29 is because Miami was tampering with Sean uh, trying to get him. Um, But, yeah, I think this is a win for the Saints. Well, uh, Jeff, you might disagree with me here, uh, but I think, um, and I know Sean Payton, going way back uh, to 2006, uh, even I was here in the year before Katrina, but when Sean came on board and then Drew Brees, a veteran quarterback, and you look at it now, Drew Brees didn't win a Super Bowl, but uh, he's now getting to coach Russell Wilson. It's not like right. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl 10 years ago. Uh, that, that wasn't that far-fetched. Uh, uh, he wouldn't have got the contract he got with Denver. I think Sean Payton would rather coach a guy, if you're going to have your cake and eat it too, a guy like Russell Wilson – Versus Kyler Murray, who, uh, you know, uh, you look at Kyler Murray. uh, That situation reminds me when I was on a team with Jeff George and June Jones. With Jeff George, he's like chewing out the head coach. You go, Kyler Murray, 
uh, was doing that on the sidelines, uh, uh, Sean Payton wouldn't take to that. So I just think it's a better situation for Sean and Denver than even Arizona. I think there are less questions with Russ, right? Like, you know that Russ has the ability to be a championship-caliber quarterback. With Kyler, I think the physical traits are there. There is obviously the height questions. But I don't know. If, I think there are there are mental makeup questions that you don't have the answer for right now, and you need to see him prove what he can do from a team leadership perspective. That if you're a coach going in and saying, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie my kite to this guy and see if it flies," that's a much tougher question than, "Okay, can I figure out what happened to Russ this year and fix it?" And if anyone, any head coach in the NFL should feel like they can do that, it's Sean. So yeah, I think. From a comfortability perspective and the the un, and the ability to take a team that did not win this year and make it into a consistent winner, it's a much clearer road than you would have in Arizona, than you would have in Carolina, than you'd have in Houston. So uh, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, when you look at every year, uh, it's amazing uh, that teams made the playoffs and teams who didn't make the playoffs who all of a sudden are in the postseason next year. Five to six every year. Five to six every year. So right. why couldn't Denver be one of those teams? Sean knows all that. He knows those numbers. And now, Jeff, looking at the Senior Bowl, obviously look at yeah, talking about Senior Bowl. Now? Yeah, yeah. So you look at the local flavor. You got LSU Tulane. <laughs> you got Jay Ward and uh, you know defensive back, and you got defensive lineman Ollie Gay. Then linebacker mm-hmm. Dorian Williams. Then. Tajay Spears, that's always attractive to the Saints considering uh, the running back position. And I always bragged about Tajay Spears. I'm looking at, okay, I'm old school. Whether it's Earl Campbell, Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, going way back. I mean, do you average 100 yards rushing a game? Okay, I'm looking at Tajay Spears. 1,581 yards rushing, 19 touchdowns. Then he had 201 yards rushing, four touchdowns against Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl. So uh, I'm looking at that. Uh, that's over 100 yards a game. That's why when I even look at like, okay, uh, Jeff, uh, you might be too young and you don't recognize this. That's <laughs> why when look at Chris Olave or, oh, they're 1,000-yard receiver. They're 1,000-yard rusher. Well, hell yeah, they're playing 17 games. To me, when you look at like a stud uh, or unbelievable player that if you average in 15, 16, 1,700 yards, and you're playing 17 games, that's a great achievement because defensive game plans are going against you. Just because you break the 1,000-yard mark, I don't know if that means any difference. But Tajay Spears, what he did at Tulane, teams knew they had to stop Tajay Spears, and they didn't do it. Game after game. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny because Tulane, obviously, they don't put a ton of players into the NFL, but they do have a pretty good track record of putting really good quality running backs into the NFL. Obviously, Matt Forte, if you want to go back that far. Right. Noel DeMore. Really solid player. Um, I think Rob Kelly. Was Rob Kelly? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't sure remember. was. Um, he was I, with Washington. Right. And so, you know, when you look at Tajay, and I, what I was impressed seeing him out there was you don't really see a lot of holes in his game. You know, I don't think he put up a ton of receiving yards with Tulane. It's more of their – system than anything else but he's a very good pass catcher when given the opportunities and i think when i talked to him today that was kind of what he wanted to come out here and show is that like he is not a you know one-off running back he can do a lot of different things he can pass protect he can get out and catch the ball he made a lot of really big plays today in the team drills i think that 
he's a guy, I don't know what his draft stock is going to be at the end of the day. I would expect him to be mid-rounds. No, it's going to be harder than that, Jeff. I, th- I think he's going to end up being probably, for me, he'll be end up with a second-round pick grade, but probably slipping into the third round. Because the yeah, devaluation back, right. uh, of the, the running back position. Well, even like Kenneth Walker was a third-round pick yeah. this past season. So that's just kind of where you can find yeah. quality running backs. And that's what's driven me nuts about the Saints over the last several years is there's a lot of running backs there to be found in the mid-rounds, but they just don't they don't draft a lot of running backs, right? Like you went four years in a row where you drafted um, you drafted Boston Scott, you drafted Alvin Kamara, you drafted oh, – I'm, I'm blanking on their names – but you drafted two seventh-round running backs that, obviously, you're drafting a guy in the seventh round you were not anticipating. Oh, they had the free agent from uh, from Baylor. What was his name? Uh, yeah, Maude. Uh, 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 Smith. Uh, Abram uh, Smith. Abram yeah, yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah, Abram and, Smith. And they, well, we may be counting on him as a dark horse. And you're right. It, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work there. That's where I just don't think the Saints have made those swings in the mid-rounds that I would like to see them with. With picks that a lot of times, you know, you're not keeping around. A lot of times you're cutting them and put on the practice squad anyway. And so and you're in position to, to take a swing at a guy like a Kenneth Walker, right? But you just don't do it. And then you find yourself relying on 32-year-old Mark Ingram and no no shade on Mark Ingram. It's just yep. at that point in his career, he is not the upside type guy you'd like to have behind an Alvin Kamara. So yeah, no, no, it, that changes. it ends up being an old man, um, and you know, with Mark Ingram. Uh, the one thing, let me tell you about Mark Ingram last, uh, running backs, you know, the, 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 if any agent or any coach could tell him, listen, we all know you can run and can you catch the ball on the backfield, but can you freaking pass block? <laughs> okay, they blitz it because you're like alignment, whether it's a tight end or whatever. You got to be able to be if you can block. But Mike, if you, you a stud back, how many times are they, are they asking you to pass protect? But no, but, but you better do it in the NFL. If you can't pass protect, you can last double. You can last ten <laughs> I, seasons. I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I know Deuce was telling me the story when he came out. You know, one of the things he had to work on because he just hadn't asked to do it. Was pass protect. Pass protection. Come on, yeah. you running the ball, you catching it. They're not asking you to protect the when quarterback. They're, when a lot. they're blitzing, okay, you might be one on one, one thousand one, one thousand two. I'm not saying you got to be like a guard or a tackle, whatever, but you got to slow them down. You can't whiff. So uh, <laughs> okay, either so, that or you get you get your zillion dollar quarterback. No, uh, look at the 49ers. The, they have ooh. a damn tight end uh, blocking Hassan Reddick, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh my show. His shoulder, he got after surgery. Now, Jeff, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, What about, uh, you look at other Louisiana ties, and obviously we always pay attention to this. Uh, Nebraska wide receiver Trey Palmer, he went to Kentwood Mm -hmm. uh, uh, High School. Then you look at uh, uh, LSU, and then uh, TCU uh, wide receiver uh, Darius Davis, West Feliciana, Virginia wide receiver uh, Don uh, Tavion Wicks. Plagman High School, and then obviously we talked about him, I think, before. Florida offensive lineman Osiris Torrance from St. Helena went from UL to Florida. Have you witnessed any of those guys, or are you going to look at them tomorrow? Bob must have looked at my text message I yeah, sent you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he did get several of them. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so Trey, Trey's interesting. Trey is a guy who, you know, he's got all the speed in the world. It's just yeah. a question of whether he can use his hands the right way. Correct. He looks good out there today. Um, and he was very productive at Nebraska. I was surprised that when I looked up his numbers, I didn't expect to see 70 catches, 1,000 yep. yards, based on what I remember from LSU. But I think he did – he was able to showcase a lot 
with Nebraska that he was never able to with LSU. And I think he has come a long way in that regard. And I think there, there is a role for him on an NFL roster if he can, sh- you know, show that kind of developmental ability. And because with speed like that, you're always going to have people looking at you as, a, okay, maybe you can be a return ace and kind of work your way onto the team. So I think he did, he did a good job today. I didn't get a good look at the other wide receivers you mentioned, but there were a few that – that popped. Now, Jeff, was it just like uh, players in general, not necessarily local, but just because that always catches my attention. Uh, you know, we get you in an all-star game, whether it be like Senior Bowl or like East-West, whatever. Right. I mean, then all of a sudden you see some player, but who's that cat? I yeah, mean, and, and you can't miss o- Osiris, and you can't miss Dewan yeah. Jones, the tackle from Ohio State. Those two yeah. guys could like block out the sun. Jeff, I know we kind of short on time, but tomorrow I want you to watch Clayton Toon. I told you a little bit about it, the quarterback from yep. Houston, because Bobby, you got a connection with oh, Clayton no, no. Toon. Hey, hey, no, listen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, my He's niece, like six degrees of separation with everybody. My nieces love quarterbacks. I got one niece that is getting married in April to Miles Brennan, Aaron. And then I have another niece. That is uh, dating or going out with uh, Clayton June, the quarterback of the University of Houston. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, my niece has been around me, so they know about quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought maybe that might have scared them <laughs> yeah. off a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know. But, but, yeah, but, yeah, watch Clayton, relate, but watch Clayton June at Houston. Uh, he played for the Houston Cougars. They won the Independence Bowl to see what he does. Yeah, man, and UL had him too. Yes, man, yes. they had him in that cold weather, and they got him. Man, they got him at the end. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow about some of the specific players, and uh, certainly some of the guys local. We talked about Trey, and certainly Osiris, and some of the LSU and Tulane players, and Dorian, uh, who I've, I've heard in some of the interviews, Dorian really, really uh, was impressive. He came in as a hundred ninety pound guy. Wow. To Tulane. And look at him today. He ain't no 190 pounds he's anymore. A, he's a thumper. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate All right, it, buddy. Jeff. All right, go. All right, guys.